Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to episode 248 of the AFTN podcast. My name is Joe DC, Premier League winner with Everton on Football Manager 2016. <laughs> and I am joined by the voice of TSS Rovers and UBC Soccer and future Fox Sport analyst Gideon Hill. Thank you, Joe. Another good title for me. Appreciate it. <laughs> These are going to stack up like nobody's business throughout the season. Opposite him is a man who thinks the song Hey Ya by Outkast is the best song in the last 20 years, Nicholas Ruprecht. <laughs> yeah, it is true, it is true. <laughs> we will have a bonus episode uh, later in the season about this. Uh, gentlemen, if you had to summarize the Caps' first weekend of 2018, where they won against Montreal Impact 2-1, as a type of fruit, what would it be? So I'm going to go with uh, cantaloupe. You know, sometimes when you bite into a cantaloupe, it kind of feels, you know, sweet, but then sometimes it could be bitter. You know, you don't really know how far it's going to, how far that sweetness is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cantaloupe. Gideon. You know, people that listen to the AFTN podcast on Sundays sometimes know I like to use puns, so this is going to be a dandy. Uh, I would describe it as a pear. Even though it's not the right spelling, Davies and Kamara were a great pair. We scored a pair, and it was easy a sweet victory, and it was also easy on the eyes. Okay, not too bad. I'm going to go for a peach, because it was great, but at the very end, it was really hard just to get through those last I like that. 10 minutes. I like that. Yeah, it was tough. It was squeaky yeah. bum time at the end, wasn't it? Okay, um, so I think everyone's heard almost enough analysis about the game last week. Um, there was the quite long AFTN... Uh, soccer show on CITR radio that uh, covered a lot of the game. But I think we're going to summarize the game in three sentences. Okay. So the first sentence. Aaron Mond was blank beside Kendall Waston. Gideon. Aaron Mond was enough beside Kendall <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Aaron Mond was enough beside Kendall Waston. Nick, Aaron Mond was... Average. Average beside <laughs> Kendall Waston. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with Aaron Mond was beside Kendall. <laughs> Actually, I'll go with okay. Like I don't think Parker would have done much differently to him. The second, the goal, game to play in. yeah, and the goal wasn't really. Yeah. I don't think you can really blame him. No. I think Marinovic no. jumped a bit early for the goal. Okay, good. That's the first sentence. If I were Alfonso Davies, I would blank. <laughs> Keep the ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep the ball. Good. 
Nick, if I were Alfonso Davies, I would... Drive into the box. Drive into the box? Like, literally drive? Drive in with a car. Is he yeah. old enough? <laughs> Is he old enough to drive? Yeah, okay. <laughs> if I were Alfonso Davies, I would not score again so Waston can't slap me. Because <laughs> those look like they hurt. I was right beside, behind the stand. And, yeah, it was a real slap. It's not like a, a gentle Love little... Tap. No, it's, it's, it's a slap slap. Okay. Uh, last one. Carl Robinson should blank his new signings. Carl Robinson should, should play his new okay, signings. Okay, good, good. Nick? Carl Robinson should uh, hug his new signings. Hug his new signings. So you yeah. were impressed with the new signings there? You know, I threw a lot of shade on uh, some of them, but, uh, you know, they stepped up this game. So <laughs> You threw shade on one person. <laughs> and he scored a goal. And he scored a goal. Okay. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Prove I, me I said, wrong. I said Carl Robinson should be careful with his new signings. Okay, that's good. Like, not too adventurous with my statement. Anyway, okay. <laughs> That game is done and gone. Three points in the bag. Montreal, with their tail between their legs, have been sent back on a very expensive WestJet flight. Um, We're now looking ahead to next weekend. It's all about the next game. We're professionals here at AFTN. We're always thinking about the next game. Houston. Houston probably had the results of the weekend in opening, in first kick. 4-0 at home with four first half goals. Initial thoughts on that game. I don't know if it was so much Houston, I mean, credit to Houston, but I don't, I think it was more Atlanta misplaying Mm -hmm. themselves. You know, everybody, I think, feels, I don't think Houston has changed their game plan that much since last year. You know, they're still a, a fast team. They'll kill you on the break. And now they weren't actually doing that much running last game Mm. against Atlanta, but I think Atlanta put players not in their most optimal positions yeah. to succeed. I don't think they actually had their best 11 out there, honestly. They're only missing Barco. Yeah, that that's true. So that's their one. Their big signing guy, yeah. in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Just some stats from that game. Houston had only 41% possession at home. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Atlanta, right? We expect that. Like, they're all about possession. Front foot possession. Yeah. They yeah. had 13 yeah. shots. And 44% of their attacks came, came down the side of Albert Elise. Um, he was a monster. I, watched, I think I watched most of the first half in that game. He was tearing the, right, the Houston right wing to shreds. And I'm honestly a little bit nervous for the Whitecaps um, this coming weekend if, if, he can, if he's still in that form. Um, he had two assists in the game, I think, or indirectly at least, and was involved in two goals. Five dribbles, six shots. His average position was the most advanced of the entire team. And he's the right winger. They play a 4-2-3-1. So, like, he is getting forward a lot. And he wasn't the only person that's shone in that game. Uh, Minotas as well. Like, yeah, uh, their center forward. Yeah. I think, you know, especially considering he's coming in to replace Torres. And he was on a much bigger salary than what he's getting right now. Yeah. And they're getting a lot of bang for their buck with him. And he's linking up well with Ellis. And that is, uh, you know, as you go forward into that game would be a concern. Yeah, I would say. for sure. Gideon, anything you think we should watch yeah, out for? Yeah, you know, Houston's kept pretty much the same team as last year. They did lose Kyoto and Torres, which is a good thing for the Caps because they know Andrew Winger is now their left uh, midfield, I should say. So, uh, I think they're going to have to keep a, a keen eye on Elise, I should say, with probably Davies and Dion on the left side is probably what are going to go against uh, Wink, or sorry, Elise. But I you know that's just Atlanta's first game of the season. They didn't have Barco, as I said. It's more of a feel-out process for them in their first couple games because the, the second year is always tough. We've seen that with teams in the past. But 
I think just a good Houston team, solid last year after beating Port in the playoffs on a high. I think they deserve that win, and it's going to be a tough game, to say the least, for the Whitecaps. I think there's a couple of things to take into account, too, from Atlanta's side. It was the first game that uh, uh, Darlington Nagby was playing in Atlanta's midfield. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to figure out his role. I think there's some questions about him. Well, he's not a DM, right? Well, there's nowhere else for him to go. Yeah, him. yeah, exactly. So. That's, that's why they have to play him there in that holding role, even though he's not. he's more of a uh, advanced player. and I mean he kind of and I think you saw that like Houston took advantage of, of yeah, that yeah he, he was won. subbed off I think in the 50th or 60th minute and like, to yeah. be fair we didn't mention this but Michael Parker start, started the game on the bench actually yeah and, and he came, came on, on in the second half as you said so yeah. yeah okay Houston set up in a 4-2-3-1 in that game mm-hmm. um, they had uh, Marcus Beasley at left back Senderos and Machado in at center back and Garcia at right back uh, they had Cabezas and Eric Alexander as their holding players. They all performed pretty well, mm-hmm. but it was the front four that really like laid up the game. Andrew Wenger, left midfielder. Oscar Garcia, a central attacking midfielder. Albert Elite, uh, Elise, who looked and played like a monster in that game. And then Minotas up front. The Caps will probably play a similar formation. And this leads us into a question from Caleb Wilkins. What do you, what do the Caps need to do to, to avoid to have to them what happened to Atlanta? Pick their times to go forward. Yeah. I think, you know, with the style that Atlanta plays, they're front foot, they like to possess it, they want to get at net. Yeah. Get at the net. They don't care, you know, necessarily. It didn't seem anyway in that game that they care too much about defending and being a little bit more conservative. Mm-hmm. They did give away a penalty, actually. Yeah. A nice through ball. So I think that's not the Caps. The Caps are not this team that's going to go out and try, go out away from home and try to pressure the home team into their own goal. So I think, you know, it's just make sure the, the center of the field is solid, make sure the defense is solid and not, and, and choosing their times to go forward mm-hmm. and, and not rushing it because you, we just saw it. Like, yeah, they'll burn you on the wings Absolutely. really badly. Gideon. Yeah, I saw this stat on the Whitecaps website. The Caps are the best uh, away team in the Western Conference since 2015. Mm. So that tells you the way that Carl Robinson plays his team away from home. He knows how to. Atlanta clearly got it wrong. It's a, a game early on in the season in Houston. We've seen a lot of times we've had games in Houston midsummer, so that plays in the Whitecaps' hands a lot. But I think we'll see a defensive setup compared to Atlanta. Whitecaps aren't a gung-ho team like Atlanta. We don't have four. $5 million players on the front four. So mm-hmm. I think in that in that side of things, it plays into our hands a little bit. But again, yeah. it will be an interesting game on the weekend. I think there's three things I wrote down about how the Caps should probably approach it. And I think like these are um, what Robbo was all about away from home. They need to be direct. So no messing around with the ball in the back because that's what really caught out Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They need to watch out for set pieces because this um, second goal for Houston was a nicely worked kind of short corner that Senderos yeah. climbed higher. I, Atlanta are quite a short team because of the way like they're more of a passy passy team, but I don't think like it's just something to watch out for. And sit back, like Nick was saying. Let's play on the counter. A point is a good good score That's for good, this yeah. uh, this time of the season, right? You don't yeah. you don't need to. It's not the time of season that we need to be going out there guns yeah. blazing. And also, in a sense, if we sit back, you know, we force Houston to play a game perhaps that they're not. Yeah. Happy playing with. Yeah. Very good. And now it's time for possibly my favorite part of the show, mainly because I'm not the one under pressure. 
Um, it's time for Do You Know Who I Am? Alright guys, just a recap for what happened last week. Uh, Gideon get correctly guessed Dax McCarty, so mm. the season standings are Gideon 1, <laughs> Nick 0. zero. Yeah. <laughs> Big fat 0. But yeah. I'm very excited for today's... Uh, are do, you Joe, do you know how I'm... I've said this so many times before we yeah. actually recorded. <laughs> I found this player and it just... It, it was the perfect... Like magical. Do you know? Yeah, magical. yeah. Okay. Much like the player himself, <laughs> magical. Okay, clue number one. Okay. I was born on October 7th, 1986, okay. in Richardson, Texas. Ooh. Wild guesses are encouraged at this point. Okay. Hmm. Richardson, Texas. Okay. So, wait, Luis Robles? No. Oh. Um, was... hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah, let's I got go. Nothing let's move on. on. Yeah, Number two. I played for Indiana's, Indiana University before signing for PSV, but I only made three appearances over three years. Uh, Is it DeMar... <sighs> Matt Miazga? No. DeMarcus Beasley? No. <sighs> Don't forget to say stop. Don't forget oh. to say stop. Okay. Because then if you guys say it at the same time, like Nick almost did, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even though it was the wrong answer. Okay, cool. That was number two. Number three. After spells in Denmark and Vietnam... I moved to an Eastern Conference team where I've played for six seasons. Stop. Uh, Lee Nguyen? Yes. Lee Nguyen. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> Lee Nguyen? <laughs> I, I knew it's, it went. It's Lee Nguyen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or Lee Nguyen. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I know. Yeah. Wow. Well, a victory for yeah. Nick. Yeah. Wow. So he played for PSV for three years. Wow. And, he's from Richard, and he's from Richardson, Texas. Okay, the other clues. I have nine caps for the U.S. men's national team. And I've played almost 200 MLS games as an attacking midfielder. I captained a former <laughs> I captained a former team of Kai Kamara. That was like, mm. going to be a big clue. Mm-hmm. And then I always wear a headband was the last clue. Mm. So if you didn't get it at that point, Christian Belang. Oh yeah, could I? <laughs> I don't think Christian is from Richardson, Richardson Texas. Texas. But anyway, well done, Nick. And that was uh, this week's. Do you know who I am? Hi guys, this is Felipe. I'm uh, the new arrival to the White Cups. Thanks for listening, AFTN. Good, so we're going to start the next part um, t- talking about how the White Caps should approach this uh, Houston game. It's going to be a tricky game for sure. Lineup-wise, guys, we, we, not Carl Robinson, we have some important decisions to make about uh, who's going to play, who's not going to play. Is this the game that we see Aha come in for Mond? Or not? What do you guys think? Hmm. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, cons- I, I thought he did well in the game that he played, and I think he deserves another chance. Okay. See what he can do on the road. Yeah. Aha might not have settled in yet. So Apparently he's up to full speed at training and stuff like that, so. but it's a new surrounding. I think it'd be tough to get Mond out of there just because, you know, comes in for Parker and he's been in MLS for a while. Aha's been here for two years. This is his third year, so... I- It'd be tough to throw Aha in there, especially in Houston, but I think it'd be tough for Mon to be pulled out because he's formed a bond with Washington over the last, yeah. what, half a season? Mm-hmm. Although he didn't play much last year. 
I mean, it's, again, like Nick said, it'd be tough to take Mond out, so I think they'll be in there for this weekend. And speaking of Aaron Mond, our very own Michael McCall had the chance to sit down with Aaron and just have a chat over how he's doing um, these, in his first full season as a white cap. So, Aaron, just looking back at what it's been like since you came to, to Vancouver, you were used to, to being a, a starter at RSL. How difficult was it for you taking a backseat role last season? Yeah, I think it's difficult for any player that um, sees himself as a starter, which I do. Um, and um, it takes a mature mindset and showing up and being a professional every day. And um, I thought that I, I did that and went to the off season working really hard with... Um, a mind to have a starting role. Um, and I think it's just about, you know, just keeping your head on right and, and still keeping at it as if you were starting. Um, I think that's the most important thing. When you see the club bringing in guys like Daniel Henry and, and Jose Aja, and do, do, you, do you wonder where that places you on the pecking order? And you've been in MLS for so long. Did you start to wonder, did you actually have a future here in Vancouver? Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm always been confident in my ability. I think I, mean, I think I'm a good player, and um, that that tends to show over a period of time. And I, I'm not really the competition helps. I think um, that the more guys we get in here that are fighting for a spot, this makes me better. It makes me coming to training every day with a chip on my shoulder, ready to push to push it and push them, and they push me. And and then I, you know, it's it's a long season, so. Over the course of this long season, everyone's going to get a chance, and we're going to need everybody. So I know that my chance will come if it if it didn't come last on Sunday, and if it doesn't, you know, there's always going to be chances. So you just got to stay at it, and I think the competition helps. I thought you had an excellent game on Sunday. You and Kendall, the partnership you have, we saw it last season in the game that you played. You seem to have a good understanding out there, and some of the distribution that you have as well. Like I hadn't seen a lot of you at RSL, but I was really impressed by your distribution. There was that one pass you had that was like across the field in the first half. Is that something that's always been a strength in your game? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, when I first came into the league, I played a lot of games in the midfield, and I'm comfortable on the ball. I, I uh, like playing with the ball at my feet and um, kind of starting the attack, setting the tempo. I, I love that responsibility. Yeah, I think um, I got into a good groove on, on Sunday with the ball, and I think we all did, and the ball was moving, purring a little bit, um, and, you know, the atmosphere and everything, and, I, you know, I just felt good. So if the pass is there, I think I can hit it. And what's it like playing alongside Kendall? It's, uh, it's great. He, uh, you know, he's a beast, and it's, it's, it's nice to have that confidence in someone next to you, obviously. Um, and I'm always going to be there if, uh, if there's a minor slip, and he's always going to have my back, and that's... You know, the understanding we have early on, we got each other's back and we're in there and we, we love the battle. We love, you know, uh, aerial battles and all that stuff, 50-50s. You know, we feed off of each other and, and um, it could be the start of a good thing. How good do you see this team being this year? I mean, the, last season we kind of lacked a little bit up front. We've got Kai now, the midfield now seems stacked. Mm. You must be quite excited about what might lie ahead. Yeah, personally, I'm so excited. Um, this team is really, really well-rounded very strong from the foundation and um, the sky's the limit. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I think we all are because we know what we have. We know the players front to back on this team and uh, I think we can go a long way. 
Did you get a chance to watch any of the Houston Atlanta game? Did you see the highlights or anything? Yeah, I watched the um, I watched the first half um, and I saw the, the entire game highlights. Yeah, what what did you make? I mean, Atlanta didn't look great, but mm-hmm. what, what did you think of Houston? You're going to have to defend that attack. Yeah, game. I think um, they're very explosive um, and they have a lot of go- lot going forward and they move quick. Um, but I think you know, I think Atlanta just with a couple different tweaks, they could have got a better result. Um, and uh, I think that you know you won't see some of those mistakes because we've seen what they can do when you do make those mistakes. So we're trying to limit the mistakes and give them as little opportunity as possible. That's great. Thank you yeah. so much, and good luck this season. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Um, I personally think, yeah, you have to give Mond another, yeah, another he, try. He did nothing wrong. Yeah. He, well, okay. The pulling away at the far post. Um, who, who was it? Uh, who scored the goal for Montreal? Uh, well, he didn't make two, two mistakes. mistakes. <laughs> yeah, made one mistake. He made one mistake, yeah. but like he, but like was it was such a goal. A difficult ball to read the way that it came. Over and I, the and I also think I'm being harsh on him because I believe the goal he should have done. Better, a little bit well. better there. Marinovich came out a little bit too. And he fast. jumped so high yeah. that the header went between his, his legs. legs yeah, you know, like he, he had no need to jump there. If it was yeah. a little bit closer to him, I can understand the jump. But it like, was just a tough ball to read. Absolutely. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we both, we, or we, all three of us think that Mon should be there. Um, Waston probably. I think the fullbacks aren't going to change either. No, I think they played. I think they both did a fantastic job against uh, Montreal, and Montreal's wingers are. I would argue are just, well, maybe with the exception of Ellis, but Montreal has good wingers as well, you know, and they did a good job locking down Montreal. Is there a case for Franklin to start this game? No, I don't see, there's no midweek game. Nowinski's not injured. Yeah. He's not tired, you know, come out of the preseason. He did have a bit of an injury coming into preseason. He did carry that a little bit, but I don't see, I don't even think Franklin would be 100% fit, to be honest with you. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, we did see Franklin come in. I, yeah, again, like it's... It could it's be either. I would be, I would be fine with either one. Yeah, I would be fine be with fine. either one. Um, okay, so we'll move on from the defense. Uh, it leads us into a question we got from uh, Gareth Wolf, fellow uh, AFTN writer. How do you think Robbo will set up the midfield? Which I think the main question revolves around uh, where does Felipe fit in? Where does Much fit in? Not just in this Houston games context. Mm-hmm. Like, as, as, as far as player roles go, we always know that Robbo likes to protect his back line with two, two midfielders. Two, yeah. um, Juarez did a pretty good job. Well, he, he was, was he was getting forward a little bit too, which was great. He was um, link-up play was really good. And yeah. that's something that the Whitecaps had been missing. Absolutely. Besides and, the yellow card, I think he had a, a very good yeah. game. It's not, it's not a good thing to pick up a card, yellow card in the first 10 minutes on a tough foul as well. He, he had the experience to, yeah, to exactly. not get booked again. Yeah, Even he though did. he did have a couple of fouls. I mean, he went in... For a couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's experienced. Yeah. You know, we can we can trust him with that. But Tybert, I thought had a very good game. Yeah, he, he was up for man of the match in my own eyes. Like apart from his the goal scoring, out to Davies. Yeah, the one thing though is we've like, seen this nice. so often from Russell is that he plays sideways passes a lot, and he mm-hmm. plays sideways passes that you know loop over a couple of defenders. That's fine. But like if he could add penetrating passes to his game, and not just I don't mean like you know through balls or anything yeah. like that. I just mean like around the corner passes as they call them on the field. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a defender closing you down, but you just inch the ball around Outside him to get the to the man. Kind of, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Like, he's a functional player. I'm ha- I'm actually 
you know, when he signed, re-signed last se- or this offseason, I wasn't thrilled. But, you know, he had a great game. Hopefully he Built didn't on put it. a run together. But the problem is the players that have come in. Yeah. We have much. We have Felipe. And Felipe is a, like, I think we're going to not even going to think about him later in the season as someone who would come off the bench or anything like that. No. He, I think he will slowly establish himself as a starter in this team. But how do you guys see it moving forward? Like, player roles, how does the midfield set up away from home? Well, I I mean, I think for... I wouldn't mind seeing Felipe get a run out instead of Tiber. Because okay. I think that um, Felipe can bring more linkage play. And he's not a... And he's a crafty player, too. Some might say a little dirty, but mm-hmm. he he's crafty. You know, he can, he can help you win tough battles or at least get you the edge to win those tough battles I think. the brazilian dark art <laughs> yeah okay yeah me and joe had this discussion a little bit earlier that the way felipe played in new york compared to when sasha question came in is that he went from advanced to a little bit deeper and the way when i saw him play games against the whitecaps or toronto whoever he was a fantastic player from that position he was putting balls over the top he was playing it to his defensive partner there it used to be dax mccarty like he's played there he's performed very well I wouldn't mind him in there because of the fact that I did see Alfonso Davies a little bit in the first half of the game on Sunday that he was drifting inside to play center mid, and one point Reyna actually went out to right mid. Mm. So in that sort of things, if they were to start Reyna a wide right, I wouldn't mind seeing Felipe in defensive midfield because of the fact he could spread balls at wide. Obviously, I don't think Alfonso Davies would start a center midfield mm-hmm. but, this weekend. but Presumably, you're saying that it would be Felipe and Juarez sitting deeper. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then in front yes. of them would be Reyna and Davies. What about when Gazelle comes back? And we're, we haven't even mentioned Jordan much yet. No. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is... A, it's good that we have numbers in here, but, like, is it going to be horses for courses where, like, some players we play away from home, like, more more often than not, and then have some players who are more, you know, when we want to play more possession game, we have those kind of players? Because in my mind, like, I don't watch a ton of the Eastern Conference. I, I'll put my hands up and say that. Felipe, like, I know he's a great player. Like, I've seen him in playoff games and things like that. New York's never done great things in the playoffs, mind you. But he's more of a creative presence, right? And Robbo needs those the, two defensive from midfielders. From the back as well. We've seen a lot where they brought in Morales where they had the attacking from the center midfield possession on. They couldn't get the ball to the center yeah, midfield or above. Yeah. So they need a guy that's in the midfield to Definitely. set up the attacking midfielders and the strikers. But we do have a target man now. Right? We have a real target exactly. man yeah. now, right? But I'm saying we need to have not just one dimensional attack. We need to have more than Link one up player. Plays. Like Reyna yeah. and Felipe, not just yeah. Reyna or Felipe. Let, let me phrase this a different way then. Who is the best central midfielder the Caps have? Right now? Yeah. Central midfielder. Ali Gazal. Okay. Mm. Because of his experience. Yeah. Juarez is... Second. Second. Yeah, well, I was going to say Juarez is a converted. Yeah. Uh, Felipe's converted as well. Jordan Mutch has played out wide in his career in England a little bit. He's played okay. attacking mid. And so Tiber, he's an unknown quantity right now. So I he hasn't say, played a game yeah, in yeah. so long. So I think it'd also be Tybert would be... So probably be Gazal for me. Then probably Juarez, Tybert, Mutch, and then... Sorry, Felipe, let's just... Felipe and then much, Sorry, or yeah, Tybert... Gazal, Fe- Felipe, Tybert, much, and then... Okay. So mm-hmm. if the Caps were in the MLS Cup final right now, who would be the starting midfielders? Gazal. Gazal, sure yeah. Gazal and probably, barring any injuries, Felipe. Okay. But again... But what about Juarez? He's, yeah, like, I he's... Probably, yeah. I would probably no, play I'm Juarez. saying if, if, say, Reyna or Tichero was to get injured, he can put Felipe mm-hmm. attacking yeah, so. men, what have you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for right now, I think the best foot forward as in players this year it'd have to be 
Gazal and uh, sorry, Gazal and Felipe yeah. because Juarez is new to the league. He's a right back, switch to center midfielder. Yeah. Like the, a, yeah. the problem with the the much thing that you were saying as well is uh, during when Michael McCall interviewed him uh, on the AFTN soccer show, um, he said that much said that he wanted to be a box to box midfielder who scores goals. Box to box midfielders are one of those two, right? One of, in the four two yeah. three one, they're yeah. one of those two players. And then the other player is more of a sitting Same midfielder. Really. That means he's not contesting for Gazal's spot or for, uh, I guess, is Tybert's spot. spot. He's competing for Juarez's spot. And yeah. like behind Juarez, is, is, there's still like a lot of competition there, right? Like It's, it's going to be a question. But just for this weekend... We didn't even mention David Norman either, did we? Yeah. So yeah, you got David Norman Jr., I should say. But, you know, there's lots of... I don't of... think the other David Norman could do a shift in the midfield quite, quite <laughs> never know, you know? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Spray balls around. Never leaves the center circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of those Sunday league things that you see sometimes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, this weekend, though, personally, I feel it's going to be... It's going to be Juarez and Tybert with Felipe taking up the attacking midfield okay. role. Right. That's okay. just my inkling right now. Which means that we have to get rid of one of our attacking midfielders. Davies, you can't take him out. I don't no. think. No. Unless no. there's like, you know, something that Robbo knows that we don't know, managing think, this young player. I think they could do Davies for, give him a shift, a 70, 75 minute shift, then throw Tachera in there if we yeah. put Rain in. Yeah. Um, yeah that's that, an option. So I think Tachera is the one who's going to miss out this weekend, mm. I think. And uh, Reina and Felipe will kind of rotate between the two right right wing and uh, attacking Sorry, midfielder yeah. uh, role, which is another question I kind of had during the week. Tachera, you know, great servant for the club and some really memorable moments as a white cap. But the thing that kind of got me thinking about this is how many of those memories were away from home, right? He scored great free kicks and like had great mm-hmm. moments at home. Is he, is he like an away player or is he more of a home player? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I can see your... I can definitely see where you're coming from in that respect. You know, his, for for lack of a better word, his stature is what kind of defines how he has to play, yeah. right? He can't be, um, I'm not saying he's not fast, I'm not saying he's not strong, but when the Whitecaps go on the road, they're trying to play pacey, strong. physical, yeah. set, piece. set pieces, yeah. and yes... The only the only way that Tachera brings value is his in, in that sense is he brings value on the delivery of the set pieces, which are quite good. Mm-hmm. But then for the rest of the game, you know, is he going to be able to fit in with that playstyle? So I would also counter with that and say, would you say Jordi Reina is the same thing as Tachera? Because they're both, as you said, the same stature. They're both mm-hmm. attacking players. If you were to throw Breck Shea in there, again, like Shea is a yeah. good a home and away player. Sometimes he can be more defensive. I just think it depends on the team and the way they set up. If he's a left mid, right mid striker, how like what have you? But. Yeah, we'll talk about Breck Shea in a second because we had a question about that. But uh, yeah, Tacheria, I think he will miss out this weekend. And if he does, I don't. I don't think it's a. It's a big scandal. It's not a knock on him. It's just the no, players we no, have. Absolutely, and the way we play on yeah. the road. Yeah. Um. Okay. Another kind of uh, more broader question that I kind of thought of was. Alfonso Davies aside, which Whitecaps player do you think has the largest transfer value right now? Um, we know that the Canucks are going full tank, so everyone's thinking about trade values, right? Like, mm-hmm. if if a European club came in for some player, like, who do you think would fetch the most? Like, Waston signed a new contract, and we know that that ups his value a little bit, because yeah. 
if anyone wants to come and get him, they're going to have to break that. But he's older now, right? He's not mm-hmm. he's not a spring chicken anymore. Any any thoughts? Who do you think would fetch the most money? Mm-hmm. I think Morenovic might be a, a dark horse. Yeah. International um, goalkeeper. Yeah, but again, look where he came mm-hmm. from. He came from, what, the fourth tier of... True, yeah. Um, whatever, I forget what this country came from. Germany, was Germany, it? Germany, sorry, yeah, yeah Germany. So, Norwinski? I mean, Any takers for In Nowinski? a couple of years, yeah, I'd say yeah. right now it would be Kendall Lawson. Okay. Just because not just the contract, but the way he's been playing. There's been clubs that have been eyeing him. He's been looked at within MLS as well as Europe. So, I think outside of Davies right now, uh, two years before, if Gazelle was on our team, I would have said Ali Gazelle. But, yeah. again, Ali Gazelle's getting a little bit older in age. But I think for Gazelle right now, uh, probably be, or sorry, for Waston right now would be him. Yeah, I think I think Waston is the the safe, obvious one. Afterwards, I mean, he's been able to put in pretty consistently excellent performances as a central defender. Mm-hmm. The way we play, and he is a monster in the air and clearing balls, and he's a physical physical presence. He can he can handle any target man, and he's a leader, and that's he's a leader. Huge. So I think that yeah, I think that's Watson would definitely be. Okay, second. and as the season goes on, that'll change for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows which player is going to... Get injured or... Yeah, or stand up and be counted, I was going to say, but that's more <laughs> negative from Nick. Okay, um, we have had another question from uh, Chris Cargan, uh, who was the who has a streak now for having a question on every show we've done, all two of them. Good job, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah uh, make sure to follow him at Sailor C 86 because Sailor C was definitely taken before that... On Twitter. Um, okay, so he asked, what did you see in last week's opener that you would like to change for this week? Hmm. In a sentence. I I wouldn't change the way we played because... I would change because it's in Houston. There's a little bit more of a heat factor. We spread out our attacking-mindedness because I felt, in the, for me anyways, the first 20 minutes of the Montreal game, first 20-25, we were full, for, like, full foot forward. Kamara had two or three crosses he could have finished. Davies was putting crosses, beating Petras like nobody's business. We were getting forward, we're getting chances again, but the way that Houston is playing right now, they're attacking what mind we're going to have to counter, and I think we can't burn ourselves out in the first 20 minutes, get tired, and not be able to counter later on in the game. So okay. I think from that sense, spread out our counter-attacking and attacking And that would come from Carl Robinson, right? Because it's his game plan, right? Yeah. Like we're yeah. led to believe that coaches go into a game with the game plan where they... You know, this part of the game, you do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you would think that, what, sit tight for the first uh, first half and then get something yeah. the second half or yeah. something? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think for me at least it would be instead of Davies going as wide as he did all the time, cut into the box a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the question from Chris was, he was thinking speci- specifically about Breck Shea. Mm-hmm. Would you give his spot on the bench to somebody else? Not well, right now. Not argument yet. can be had if Tichera plays on the weekend. On the sorry, starts on the bench in the weekend. Would you have two wide midfield players? Yeah, that's on the point. bench because there's so many attacking dimensional but players. Let's look. Th- let's look at this from uh, from Bobo's point of view. From Bobby Leonard Doozy, um, he wants to move Shea. I hope he wants to move Shea. I should contract. Say. Yeah, I, I like I I think if he was doing his job, he was looking for. They people. wouldn't have bought. But, they but wouldn't have he, bought down Kamara if they didn't want to move Shea because they need Shea to have a higher value, I think, anyways. That's a completely different podcast yeah. about economics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Shea, like, you can't move someone... Like, if, if a club wants to come in for him, they're going to have to see him play a little bit, right? Yeah. 
you need to showcase him a little bit, like put him on the shop window, right? Um, but I think really like where, like th then you have to think about, well, what teams want him and what teams want his skill set, right? At this point his in contract. time. And his contract. That's like the biggest thing. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Well, it, 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 would be, it would be an American team because of his previous with, with the marketability mm -hmm. for being a post, uh, previously being a U.S. men's national team player. And like, you know, a team like Colorado, you wouldn't think it was out of their, like they wouldn't be out of Colorado their minds. Colorado will come calling, no doubt about it right now. They won't? No, sorry, sorry they will come calling. Oh, yeah? Think. Yeah. For Breck Shea? I think so, yeah. Okay. Hmm. I think. Anyway. I, I just think. Well, they are he, maybe, I don't know. Actually, Nick, you mentioned that he might, uh, Davies might get subbed off at some point. Uh, like mm -hmm. just give him a shift and then put Brekshay on for 15 minutes or something, right? Like it could be something like that. Like I mean, Brekshay has come on as a sub. Uh, yeah, he like, came on last week in the weekend. I think he came on last year and scored, scored as well. 12, so. Yeah, okay. He's so, not a bad sub. Yeah. I mean, obviously for his price tag, you don't want him to be yeah. a sub. So but. you you would both say that he will probably keep his spot on. Yeah, the I think he will. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that answers uh, Chris's question. Let's just go through what our predicted lineups are really quickly. Um, before we finish up with our prediction game, uh, in goal, Morenovic, no questions yeah, there. Yeah. Good left back, De Jong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mond and Waston, central defense. Yeah. Not not yet for Aha, as we discussed earlier. Uh, uh, Jake Nerwinski or Sean Franklin at right back. Nerwinski. Nerwinski. Okay, I'm gonna. I have a sneaky feeling it's gonna be it's gonna be Franklin, but um, it, I think Nerwinski did well enough that he should stay in the team last week. Central midfield. Uh. I think Tybert is going to get the start. Okay. Beside Juarez? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah, I was going to say Felipe, but I'm going to change it to Tybert. Okay. And Juarez as well. Yes. Right okay, right. good. Yeah. Uh, that goes without saying. Of course. <laughs> he's, he's the new Matias Lava. <laughs> um, left wing, Alfonso Davies? Yeah. Alfonso Davies. He, he lit it up, and hopefully he can do the same. Okay. Central attacking mid. From Felipe, for now. I think Rina will get the start. Okay. I'm going to go... Felipe in central and Reyna on the right. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to okay. say that, yeah. And Nick, who would your right winger be if I was still in the middle? I think um, I think you could go with a little bit more of a physical presence. I wouldn't mind seeing Shea or someone else okay. you know, come in. All right. And up front? Kamara. Big Kai Kamara. Kamara. Yeah. Good. Wonderful. So that's how we believe uh, the Caps are going to set up for this very important away game at... Uh, at Houston Dynamo, um, just remind you, Houston won four 0 against MLS sweethearts Atlanta last weekend. So it's going to be a good game. We we all think that the Caps are probably going to sit back and absorb and counter. Absorb and counter, yeah. Kamara still has legs, so I think we can oh, yeah. still counter against until former team too. That'll be interesting to see. Did he play for Houston? He played for Houston. Oh, yeah. did not know that. <laughs> all right, well, now we're going to the last part of our show. Um, it's our prediction game. Okay. Um, last week. <laughs> Some people did well. Some people did not do not so well. well. <laughs> we, we will start with the latter. Um, Nick had three predictions. Nick predicted uh, Tachera would have three crosses. Tachera actually had four crosses. Um, sorry about that, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Nick said 44% possession. And uh, the Whitecaps ended up with 50% possession. So it was outside of our 2.5% handicap that we give for for uh, possession stats. And he said that Jake Nerwinski would have one key pass, but he had no key passes, according to the website that I looked at. So Nick is 0 for 3 so far. I 
was I got two of my predictions right. I said that Kai Kamara would score a goal. He scored that lovely header, and also the Whitecaps Twitter account called him the headmaster, which is fantastic, fantastic use like of it. words. I like it. Yeah, it yeah. should stick. It was a great header. It was like near post and everything. Yeah, like off the off the near post. I, I said that Kendall Watson would get a yellow card. You know, it's the start of the season. You just have to put one in there. You know, get a point nice and early. Take notes, Nick. Um, <laughs> get a point nice and early. Get yourself on the board, and that's just a, a go to. And I said Montreal would have five corners, but they only had two. So I I was two for three. Okay, Gideon said that Vancouver would have three yellow cards, but Vancouver had only two, with Waston and Juarez getting yellow cards. He said that Kai Kamara would score a goal, which was correct. And the most impressive man-of-the-match performance from Gideon, he said that the Caps would have five first-half shots, and they had five first-half <laughs> shots. Round of applause. Round of applause for Gideon Hill. Fantastic. Okay, so the season standings so far. Myself and Gideon are tied at the top with two points, and Nick has zero. Woo. So let's see how it keeps going. Nick can still take the lead if we if if uh, Gideon and I mess up. Um, so let's get your predictions for this weekend, Nicholas. Uh, I think Kamara is going to have three shots in total, not necessarily all on goal, but three shots. So three shots, regardless of on or off target. Yeah. Okay. I think as a team, we will concede five corners. Okay. And then Marinovich will have uh, five saves as well. Okay. Good. Gideon. I'm going to say the Whitecaps hold less than 50% possession. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Davies gets subbed out before the 80th minute, as he usually does. Just okay. to save him up for the next game, which I like. And Erwinski's going to put in three crosses total. Okay. Because Beasley loves to get forward quite a bit. Okay. So Narinsky, three crosses. Yep. Uh, less than 50% possession for Vancouver. Yes. And Davies subbed off before the 80th minute. Yeah, the 50% thing is give or take just because Houston likes to Okay. Let's let's home. be a little bit strict. Let's give me a range of of uh 40 to 45%. For 40 them. to 45. Yes. Okay. All right. And for myself, I will say that Nico Mosquito will come on as a substitute. Oh, that's a given. <laughs> I saved it to last because I knew how good it was. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Albert Elise will have three shots on target. Ooh, yeah, because okay. he is a monster. Uh, the Caps will score from a set piece. So that could be a, right. a free kick goal or it could be yeah, a header or you know yeah. one phase of play off of the corner. Great. Well, uh, we, we hope you have enjoyed uh, this episode of the AFTM podcast, uh, episode 248. Uh, thank you for all your questions that you've sent in this week. Um, Nicholas, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, SpaceAgeRobot56. And Gideon? At GideonHill18 on Twitter. And you can find me at JoeDCVan. Thanks so much for listening. Let us know if you have any questions or any feedback for us, and enjoy the game. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?